Hi everyone, this is Kenneth Wong, editor for DE. Welcome to a new episode of DE Podcast. This special episode is part of our December 2020 issue, focusing on technology leaders. The heart and soul of an engineer's productivity is his or her personal workstation, customized to fit a specific type of work configured to get the peak performance of his or her software stack. Today, we are speaking to Vic Mayala, Senior VP for Field Applications Engineering and Business Development, Supermicro, a workstation supplier. Um, so Vic, welcome. First, let's get to know Supermicro a little bit. How is Supermicro's workstation architecture different from other rivals in the market? Um, thanks for having me, uh, Kenneth. And um, we we have a heavy presence in uh, you know channel and the OEM as well as uh, cloud and enterprise customers, and uh, obviously expanding into the new verticals, especially on the edge and uh, 5G and whatnot. Um, in general, if you take a look at uh, Supermicro workstations, uh, they take a lot of features and functionality from our uh, server product line and uh, make it available uh, in these platforms, mostly related to you know reliability, availability side of it. Um, you know, some of the things are like supporting uh, systems with uh, ECC memory. So on the lower end, typically people tend to use uh, non-ECC and uh, unbuffered DIMMs and whatnot. But as we start focusing more on uh, reliability and as well as higher memory capacities, uh, ECC memory becomes one of the things. And similarly, uh, if you're taking a look at uh, uh, the hard disk drives and uh, especially the upcoming uh, usage of uh, you know, U.2 and M.2 NVMe drives, that's another thing that uh, becomes a differentiating factor. Um, since some of these functionality coming also from the server design, uh, management features through the baseboard management controller or BMC, uh, and also on the platform security side, uh, which is uh, using the TPM modules, and also making it uh, available in a tower and rack mount form factors. So. Another thing is that um, we do understand that you know there is no one size fits all, right? So our philosophy basically includes um, you know how to maximize the configurability uh, without sacrificing on any other features. Let's talk about one of the new products that'll be coming out from Supermicro. So that would be the machine called AS5014A TT. Now, how does the um, how does the fact that that features an AMD Ryzen Threadripper Pro processor in it, how does it affect the engineers who are using uh, workstations for visualization or simulation programs? And this is a very exciting uh, product. You know, to, for starters, you know, if you take a look at uh, AMD's uh, Ryzen Threadripper Pro, um, you know, it, it, it comes in multiple flavors. The top bin is coming with 64 cores and it can support up to two terabytes of memory um, and uh, you know very high frequency. I mean, all core boost uh, goes up to like 4.2 gig. Um, and most importantly, it has 128 lanes of PCI Express Gen 4, which is phenomenal, right? So which is something that is needed to support you know, multiple GPUs or faster storage and networking. And that's exactly what we are doing and that's what we are trying to do the best. So, uh, for example, in this system, we have uh, six, uh, you know, uh, PCI Express slots that are supporting up to four double-width GPUs, and it supports uh, U.2 NVMe drives, including, for example, the late, uh, the highest-performance Intel Octane drives. 
And we also support the M.2 drives, four of them on board, and also leaving additional expansion, you know, bring the fastest network and whatnot. So this is, you know, the most versatile and uh, also uh, this is the first of its kind in the industry to support, you know, four double-width GPUs and a platform. So um, uh, other way to look at it is, um, you know, why it matters for visualization and simulation uh, and, and simulation type of workloads. So one of the things the hardware features uh, you know, offering is it provides um, configurability in the software side of it. What it means is that um, software workloads for both the pre-processing and post-processing side, uh, when you take a look at it, for example, uh, the uh, CAE applications, uh, they require, uh, you know, maybe about like, you know, eight gigabytes per core memory and uh, even higher for certain complex models. And uh, it also needs a bigger memory footprint, uh, which basically makes it like, you know, say half a uh, terabyte of memory or higher in a 64 core processor uh, environment. And the memory bandwidth is uh, another important thing. Uh, by having eight memory channels, that also helps in uh, making these uh, applications run better. And, um, you know, one can actually use, like, you know, dual socket. If, for example, you know, using two processors, they can get more cores. But the problem is is going to be with the NUMA or the non-unified memory access uh, overhead. So by using single socket, we are able to get over that. So with more and more powerful GPUs and uh, the tools developed to take advantage of that for AI workloads and all, the memory requirement goes even higher. So having this two terabytes of memory is really useful. How important is the multiple GPU setup, by the way? What's the advantage of it when it comes to engineering or design workloads? It's an excellent question. You know, I think a lot of times we get lost in the speeds and feeds, right? But uh, if you take a look at it, uh, the sizing becomes an important factor. So if you take a look at uh, the common tools, I mean, the industry leaders in this segment is like, you know, the ANSYS and the Dustall systems and Autodesk and all, uh, they have different workloads for different, uh, wo different workflows for different workloads. And um, from, if you take a look at the hardware point of view, right, a typical CAD user requires like four to six cores. These are multi-threaded applications. So four to six cores is what they can take. And on a GPU, it has its local memory. So typically they take about three to four gigs of GPU memory and maybe around like 32 gigs of main memory. Like I was saying, per core, certain amount of main memory, right? Versus if you are taking a look at um, the CAE user for the post-processing, it requires a lot more cores, like you know, eight to 12 cores and even higher memory uh, for, for the GPU. So having this, uh, you know, uh, the system that is capable of supporting uh, different uh, GPUs uh, will actually make a big difference. Say, you know, uh, for example, uh, if you were to take uh, a system with only two GPU support, now you need to go for a higher uh, end of the GPU, which has a bigger uh, GPU memory. And uh, uh, then you are limited uh, to, to two and you are forced to probably, you know, paying more money for the GPUs versus uh, this system, systems like this, say, for example, four GPUs being supported. Now you can actually get the same work done at a much lower cost because now you have four GPUs that are supported. So, um, you know, at the same time, if you don't have a need for it, then you can still take the lower end GPUs and you can go for a smaller uh, CPU, for example, 32 core as opposed to 64 core. The last question I have is not exactly a technical question, but it has to do with all the changes that are happening around us. The recent pandemic seems to have changed the way people work 
In other words, mostly people are working from home, including engineers and designers. Does it change the role of the workstation or change how your customers use their workstation? So in an office environment, um, you know, people use, let's say, for uh, eight hours uh, in the during office hours. So these systems will be purely used as workstation. Um, and when people go home, all this compute power is sitting there. So people, the, the, the companies actually use it for, um, let's say, render, uh, render applications, uh, especially in the media and entertainment segment. So all this compute pool that is sitting idle, they could more effectively use for different applications that do not require people to be uh, using the systems uh, you know, uh, at the desk. So those are the type of things uh, probably are not possible when the system is taken away from office environment and put in a, a home user environment. So you probably don't need like too many GPUs per se, but um, you know, for the specific user, if they are using different systems you know, for, uh, you know, for the pre-processing and different systems for post-processing, all that need to be uh, consolidated into one uh, to, to bring the value there. So it basically becomes like a single user. It could be multiple instances. So uh, the sizing becomes important and what they are trying to do. And uh, more importantly, as systems get, uh, you know, uh, the workstations are going to be used in the home environment, uh, they need to be somewhat quieter than office environment. So, uh, so systems need to be run cooler. So you need to have some kind of a liquid cooling as an option. Uh, workflows definitely need to be tweaked in order to bring the, you know, best value for the dollar and without compromising the productivity. Very good. Um, Vic, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts with us. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. This is Kenneth Wong. Until next time, I'm for DE and we are out.